This is the podcast for RUF at the University of Texas. A community for students to experience God's grace and express God's grace to others. For more information, visit www.ruf.org slash UT. Or find us on Instagram at TexasRUF. And that's because we fundamentally believe that uh, our lives aren't about, like, us and the things that we're doing, but they're actually about God and the things that he is doing in and through us. And so um, this time is really, again, a time for seniors to come up and share the things that God has done in their life over these four years at UT. Um, And this class has kind of had a pretty crazy four years at UT, right? I mean, when they were sophomores, uh, COVID hit. I mean, they were here with us through watch pods and quads and all sort of virtual things. And now this year, I mean, they really have sort of led us out of COVID in a first sort of normal year in a while. And so we're just so grateful for this class. Um, And I want to thank you all too, just up front, seniors, for welcoming me. Um, I mean, I know when I was a senior at Ole Miss, we got a new RUF minister named Jason. And and it's not always an easy thing, right, for someone that you love to go away and to get, like, this new guy. And so, again, I just want to thank you for welcoming me and welcoming my family and just showing us so much kindness. Uh, the last thing I want to say about this class is that this class is just really funny, and hopefully that will come out um, in some of these things. Like, there are just some really funny people in this class, and you know who I'm talking about. And I, I've laughed a lot with many of you, and I'm just really grateful for you. Okay, so... Um, We'll call you up one by one. So first tonight is Abby Snelling. Come on up, Abby. Abby Abby is from uh, Dallas. Go Scots. Uh, I've known Abby for like three years. Abby has actually worked for me as an intern in All Saints Presbyterian. Um, So I've known Abby as a friend, former co-worker, and I've really been a leader in Aria for a long time. So, Abby. Thanks. Hey y'all, yeah, my name's Abby. I'm a senior. I got picked to go first. Super fun, but it'll be good. So I'm starting out by telling y'all one of my guilty pleasures. I love Broadway musicals. Um, I'm not a good singer, but I'm obsessed like when I'm alone in my car belting the hardest songs to sing, like Burn from Hamilton, To Find Gravity from Wicked. And Wicked is one of my favorite Broadway musicals. It's no surprise considering when I was in second grade, I performed at my own birthday party for the baton trilling act to the song Popular. So big fan of Wicked. And if you don't know what Wicked is, it is um, the prequel to The Wizard of Oz. And it's about the two Wicked, yeah, wizards, the Elphaba and Glinda. Later on, their enemies and the witch, the good witch and the wicked witch of the West. But in in college, they are potlucked roommates and they are not friends at first. They have very different upbringings. Elphaba is very popular, just kind of the pretty girl, and Glinda is actually green and like just very smart and at college just to study. Um, and I think that their friendship is a great example of what college can be. So stepping on the 40 acres, I came from Highland Park. I moved in a Hardin house. I knew I was gonna be involved in RUF and go to All Saints for church because those are the ministries my brothers loved and I knew I'd like them too. And those are all like such great things I'm so grateful for, but it was a really great way to make the university like a small bubble and comfortable, um, and more so than the Lord planned for it to be for me. So the Lord's plan slowly started to pop my bubble right off the bat um, and required me to get out of my comfort zone. There are a few ways that it did this. One of them 
was unfolding the idea of doing Texas 4000 to me. My freshman year, I spent a lot of time hanging out with these two RUF seniors, mostly because they cooked for me and I was sick of Hardin's food and I was just ready to get out of my dorm. And both of um, one of them was training for Texas 4000. So she came home for a ride, cooked for me, and kind of told me about it. Then my fall of my sophomore year, I was at Texas OU party, and I started talking to a senior Kappa who had written, written the last summer, and she helped me apply. And the Lord used these three people through RUF and Kappa to open another door on campus that introduced me to 86 of my now best friends who I would have otherwise never met on, the, on campus. Um, my team definitely put me out of my comfort zone. I didn't know like how the Lord used them. They're the most diverse group of people I'd ever been with, and I was, for the first time, an outcast or just like different. And so as I joined the nonprofit, I didn't see how I would be able to bridge like my faith to these this diverse group of people. But eventually the Lord made these friends, these teammates my best friends. And through that, um, we were able to have loving conversations about all sorts of differences, such as comparing a Christian prayer to a Muslim prayer and what does that look like? Um, and that was just really amazing to see. And so other ways the Lord's plan started to unfold was when I started to work at All Saints and I got to know and make fun of a quirky boss named Jordan, who three years later became my RUF minister. And my freshman year, I DM'd a girl about a RUF event happening. It was a girl I met at orientation for 10 minutes. Her name's Annie Bronner, and now we're best friends. And the Lord um, even revealed my dairy sensitivity, which challenged Nicholas's queso happy hour for Wednesday morning coffee combos, which is given or arranged by RUF friends. So at the end of Wicked, Glenda and Alphaba sing a song for good. The song is one of the songs I love to sing in my car, and it opens up with, I heard it say that people come into your life for a reason, bringing something we must learn, and we are led to those who will help us most to grow if we let them, and we help them in return. I know there is a reason the Lord has placed each of us on this campus. I've seen some of his reasons for me unravel. There are some I don't understand yet, and there are some I may never know. The people here that could help you most to grow could be your roommate, a person in your sorority or fraternity, someone at your job, or someone you ran into at orientation. Looking back at my time here, I know the Lord placed people perfectly in each part of my life to speak into it or for allowing me to speak into theirs. The song ends with Elphaba and Glenda singing, I do believe I have been changed for the better, and because I knew you, I have been changed for good. I promise you my classes at Texas haven't really changed me. Uh, but through relationships over these past four years, the Lord has revealed his good plan. I encourage you to pour into those friendships and relationships that might push you past your comfort zone. I know your dorm, classes, sorority, fraternity, orgs, friends are no coincidence. Le lean into your time here at Texas and allow the Lord to teach you his lessons through those he's placed around you. For I know the plans I have for you, declare the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. Jeremiah 29, 11. Thank you, Abby. Uh, next is Anna St. Dennis. Come on up, Anna. Um, Anna's from Houston. Um, a couple of things I really appreciate about Anna. One, she's just super fun to be around. And we had a great time together in Italy. It was so fun being with you. And also, Anna's just really inquisitive. Uh, one time, um, we got coffee together, and she was like, all right, Jordan, I have some questions for you. And I didn't know that by questions, she would mean like 18 questions, and it was awesome. And we just sat and talked about like really wide-ranging and fun stuff. So um, Anna's awesome. Um, happy for y'all to hear from her now. Come on up. Thanks, Jordan. 
that did happen. I just asked him question after question for like two hours and he had to say that he had to leave and I still had more questions. So maybe we'll go to coffee again soon. Um, so my name's Anna, if y'all don't know me. I do the announcements every week, so maybe you recognize my face or my voice. Um, as any good RUF spiel, I'm gonna start by telling y'all a story. So when I was in middle school, I went to church with a couple of friends and they challenged us to memorize a Bible verse and we could get a free piece of candy. So my friends that I went with decided that they would just Google the shortest Bible verse, memorize that, get their free piece of candy. So fun fact, if you didn't know, the shortest Bible verse is Jesus wept. I thought that was really silly to memorize a two word Bible verse that I didn't really know what it meant. So I decided that I wanted to memorize a cool Bible verse that I thought meant something special. So I went home and I Googled short, cool Bible verses, and the one that I picked from the list that came up on Google was Galatians 5.1, which says, it is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Stand firm then and do not let yourselves be burdened again by a yoke of slavery. This verse appealed to me because I'm someone who really values my freedom. Freedom to me is making my own rules and following my own plan. I really fear being trapped in a situation where I wouldn't have another option or I wouldn't have a plan B. Um, so to me, this verse meant that I, was, I had the freedom to call my own shots. Um, there came a point in college though where I questioned if I had actually found Christ's freedom. Um, I didn't feel free. I actually felt the exact opposite, entangled and restricted. Um, so I read the verse again, thinking back, it says, for freedom Christ has set us free. Stand firm, therefore, and do not submit again to a yoke of slavery. I wondered if since I wasn't feeling free, I must not have this freedom that Christ died for. So maybe I had submitted to a yoke of slavery. Maybe this freedom that I thought I had found in my own independence was actually the very thing that was making me feel free. I realized I'd been trying to find my own freedom on my own terms instead of living in the freedom that Christ died to give me. I insisted on my freedom so much that despite my intentions to enjoy life to its fullest, as I think is an intention that a lot of us have, uh, my search for freedom actually trapped and controlled me. I realized that my idea of freedom, this was a big revelation, this was hard for me to accept, um, I realized that my idea of freedom and, a free and freedom in Christ were totally opposite. I couldn't have both, I couldn't have my idea of freedom and Christ's freedom on the side. By pursuing my idea of freedom, I was actively running away from the freedom that Christ offered me. So I had to choose one. Um, I was choosing my own idea of freedom because I couldn't let go of my perceived control over my life. I truly believed that I had it all together and I thought that I could make a really great plan for my life and that everything would work out. Um, but I and a lot of other people would probably tell you that true freedom is only found in Christ and it was only once I decided to start accepting the freedom that he offered me, that I truly felt free. Um, I think everyone has something like this. Maybe you're listening and you're like, yes, freedom is the thing that I'm looking for. Freedom's the thing that I'm so afraid of losing. Or maybe it's something else for you. Um, but regardless, um, there's something that I think everyone has that they hold on to so tightly and are afraid to let go of. And that thing is often what stands in between us and living a life with Jesus. Um, in conclusion, Christ didn't set us free to be enslaved to our own agendas, trapped by the world's ways of freedom. He died for us to have a freedom that the world could never offer us. So if you've been at RUF this semester, Jordan's been walking us through Genesis. 
Um, so God made us in the garden to be free. We learned that. Um, and we also know that he restored that freedom through Jesus' death and resurrection. Christ's freedom offers us peace in conflict, love amidst a broken heart, and joy in suffering. It took me a long time to fully understand God's freedom. So if you're here and still searching for freedom or whatever that thing is for you, I want to encourage you that you're exactly where you need to be, that RUF has been a safe place for me all my years here, and you're more loved than you could ever dream. Um, okay, next is Walt Borden. Walt, come on up. Um, <laughs> uh, Walt is my dude. I love this guy. Um, I, my best memories with you, honestly, probably was the conversation that you and me and Nicholas had walking uh, around Italy that one afternoon. Um, you know what I'm talking about. And it was, <laughs> it was just a wonderful conversation. Uh, also, Walt just has an amazing story. I mean, um, sometimes God just sort of like grabs people, and he did that to Walt. Um, so I'm just so grateful for Walt and his leadership to RUF these last few years. So, Walt. So I'm going to start off by telling a couple different stories. Um, the first is a story that comes from the Old Testament, and it's about this prophet named Hosea. And so God comes to Hosea, and he tells him to take a wife who will commit adultery against him. God does this to explain the relationship between God and Israel. God is Hosea, and Hosea's wife is Israel. Hosea marries this woman named Gomer, and they have a son together. But then, Gomer forsakes her husband and has two children with another man. During this time apart from her husband, Gomer falls into slavery. But God comes to Hosea and says, Go again, love a woman who is loved by another man and is an adulteress, even as the Lord loves the children of Israel, though they turn to other gods. So, Hosea pays the price to buy back his unfaithful wife out of her slavery, and he tells her that she shall never belong to another man again. And God does all of this to show that he is the groom and Israel is the unfaithful bride. God is faithful and buys back his bride who left him for another. God is faithful even when we are not. This takes us to my story. First semester of freshman year, my sister brought me and some of my friends to RUF. Uh, RUF felt a lot like the community that I grew up in. It felt comfortable in a time when discomfort was the norm. UT was a shock coming from a small Christian school, and RUF immediately felt like home. And so, the next semester I joined the leadership team. And although I proclaimed it, at this point in my life I was not following Jesus. But God is faithful. I quickly indoctrinated myself into the ways of the college life. With my body, I worshipped alcohol and sex, and in my heart, I made an idol out of what other people thought about me. I wanted to hang out with the coolest girls, hold those certain positions, be in this or that group. I thought that those things would make me finally be enough to be loved and accepted. I wanted to be the good guy who everyone loved. And that's when I found myself, 
on August 24, 2020, sitting in my room across from my girlfriend, as she told me that I was an alcoholic. She told me that her friends were concerned for her because of the ways that I've been treating her. My girlfriend was a shell of herself, and I was not a good guy. But God is faithful. In that moment, as I saw my sins laid out before me, as I realized my hopelessness, my inability to fix myself, God met me. His mercy washed over me and I fell to my knees weeping. I knew that my whole life had changed. I realized in a moment that God knew me and loved me. Mary Claire was probably super confused at this point. <laughs> uh, <laughs> the past two years have been a lot of ups and downs with deaths in my family, my mom getting cancer, my battles with depression and much more. But God has been faithful through it all. I wish that I could say that I've been the same to him over the past two years. But I've turned to other gods. I've looked to relationships, to sex, to religion, to my own righteousness, in hopes that these would save me. They haven't and they won't. But God has been faithful to me even when I have not been faithful to him. Because that's who God is. For God paid the ultimate price for his bride. He bled and died on a wooden cross to win us back. The groom gave his life to have his bride for eternity. And I saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven for God, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the, th from the throne saying, Behold, the dwelling place of God is with man. He will dwell with them and they will be his people. And God himself will be with them as their God. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes and death shall be no more. Neither shall there be mourning, nor crying, nor pain anymore for the former things have passed away. Put your trust in Jesus. He's worth it. Thanks. Um, I'm going to get Walt to preach for me the last two weeks of larger. So Walt, come on up next week. Um, our next senior is Olivia Lade. Olivia, come on up. Um, I've gotten to know Olivia just this year. Uh, here's what I remember about Olivia. We sat down for coffee at Texas French Bread, RIP. And um, <laughs> too soon, maybe. Uh, <laughs> anyway, okay, moving on. And Olivia was like the first student to, you know, usually when you refer you, I like, like, I, I like ask you all these questions, right? Or one of our staff, but we ask you questions and pepper you with questions. But I remember Olivia being the first thing I remember asking me like, hey, Jordan, like, how are you doing? Like, how's your family and like your kids? And asking me questions about my life. And that really meant a lot to me. And I still remember that to this day. So Olivia's a really kind and thoughtful person. Uh, here you go. Hey, everyone. My name is Olivia Late, and I'm a graduating senior here at UT studying government and communications. Texas has been the school of my dreams, and I wouldn't have changed my experience for the world. Sometimes you don't realize God's greatest gifts until later in time, and RUF has become one of the best gifts of college. I wouldn't, I wouldn't have thought to attend RUF until Logan Lett told me about it my freshman year. Logan knew me through mutual friends, and we instantly cultivated a special friendship before I started my freshman year. She's become the big sister I've never had, the one who's made my course schedule each semester, handled the Excel assignments that I couldn't, and most importantly, encouraged me to pursue my faith. 
Given the busyness of college, I did not join RUF leadership team until the fall of my senior year, despite many texts and calls from Logan saying, yo, RUF leadership, or large group tonight, wanna ride? It wasn't until I attended RUF senior, senior night last April to watch Logan and the other seniors give their testimonies that I decided to plant my flag and sign up for RUF leadership team. The spring semester of my junior year was full of many highs and unfortunately, several lows. After experiencing waves of heartbreak and grieving loved ones, I fully hit rock bottom and went home for a week or so. My parents couldn't bear to see me in the state I was in and my mom finally asked, Olivia, have you been praying about this? And I said, uh, I guess no, at least not much, not as much as I should be. It took the person I loved the most to tell me the thing I needed to hear the most and it forever impacted my walk with the Lord. Although I felt an overwhelmed weight of anxiety, pain, and confusion, Jesus was the ultimate source of comfort through it all, and he comforts us by giving our pain a purpose and direction, 2 Corinthians 12.10. Even today, it's made me think, why do something for God's glory? Well, it only, not only benefits myself, but those around me, and offers new perspectives that trials really have a purpose, and transform us into the person God has sought us out to be. James 1, 2 6. My faith has kept me grounded in reminding myself that the Lord is going through great lengths for me and knows the circumstances I'm in, but those circumstances don't have a claim on me. More to this later, but routinely pursuing my faith junior year equipped me to take these lessons wherever I went. I lived in D.C. this past summer and made sure to find a church that I liked and got a close glimpse of the career path I wanted to follow. One time, I got coffee with our committee's press secretary, and I just had this gut feeling and inclination to bring up faith. Surely I couldn't contain it, and I brought up the book I was reading and the church I found. One thing led to another, and she shared her story and how she's integrated faith into a career like hers. We still text each other verses or words of encouragement. The bond between Christians is unlike no other, similar to the bond between camp friends. It's inexplicable. And why is that? We're bonded by our almighty savior and nothing will shake that. My time at RUF this year has been the absolute sweetest and I've found such joy in serving this community with people who love Jesus just as much as I do. One of the greatest highlights of my senior year has been leading junior senior girl Bible study with Mary Henley every Tuesday at five. By February, if we had a week where we didn't meet for Bible study, my week would feel off. In the fall, we studied the women in Jesus' genealogy and examined how God wove the messy stories of these women together in his big story of salvation. It revealed to us that these women all come from messy, broken backgrounds, a seductress, prostitute, outcast, adulterer. Susan Tyler says, the only person who ever got to choose his family doesn't hide the messes. He highlights them for all to see. He unashamedly says, they're his. Mary Henley reminded us that God's grace is bigger than all our sins. He will never fail to provide for every need and uses messy people just like us to, to glorify his kingdom. Jesus isn't surprised by our messiness, but rather he draws near our messiness. We have to recognize our brokenness before acknowledging someone else's. Because I've tasted his grace and what the Lord has done, I can love others well, serve those around me, and draw near to him too. And that's exactly what RUF embodies. This past spring, our Bible study went through Ephesians, and I think, I think our group can confidently say it stirred our hearts in many ways. N.T. Wright voices that we live in a world where human beings, left to themselves, not only choose the wrong direction, but remain cheerfully confident that it is in fact the right one. Ephesians 2, 3-5 captures the wrath and temptation of sin through which we inherently gratify these desires and thoughts of sin. 
But because of his great love for us, God, who is rich in mercy, made us alive with Christ even when we were dead in our transgressions. For it is by grace you have been saved through faith. God saved his people to use us as instruments to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. Ephesians 2.10. Throughout my faith journey and time at RUF, I've seen God at work in so many special ways. The more exposure I've gotten to see his goodness, the fuller my understanding of God's love is, and it's made me perceive the world and people differently. There's something intangible about the Holy Spirit that softens and changes our hearts. It's hard to put into words, but RUF has helped me discover the heart of what it means to truly be a Christian. Even the things like not losing my temper, giving a student directions even though I know it'll make me late for class. Luckily, my last name is late, so maybe I'll get a free pass. Or forgiving those who have wronged me. Pulling from NT right once more, those who want their actions to be effective for God's kingdom should redouble their time and efforts, efforts to prayer. Essentially, Paul's prayer in Ephesians encompasses all of these things, and we may approach God with freedom and confidence. For as long as I can remember when I've had a tough day, it usually involves me talking to my dad as he similarly exudes the qualities and comfort I find in Jesus. He routinely tells me, the sun will always come up tomorrow. No matter how bad the day was, I knew that I had that going for me. But not only that, even if the sky was obscured by clouds, it doesn't mean God won't show up. He just didn't show up the way I wanted him to. This reminds me that my daily purpose is not to satisfy my own agenda, but to let his will be done. Jordan, Mary Henley, and all of Texas RUF, thank you for your constant support and the sacrifices you make for us. Things truly are life-giving if you experience God in them, and he really does dwell with anyone who honors, loves, and listens to his son. Uh, next is Curtis Nichols. Curtis is originally, come on up, originally from D.C. Uh, he's engaged to Joyce. They're getting married very soon. Uh, here. I've always heard that Curtis is my favorite Baptist in the world. Um, weird Christian joke. All right, moving on. Um, Curtis is probably maybe one of the smartest people I know. Maybe, yeah. Probably the smartest person I've met. You're all smart. Curtis is really smart. And uh, he's just a really mature guy. So I'm, I'm excited. For, I'm going to stop talking now. I'm excited for you all to hear him. It's going to be really difficult to follow up that introduction. <laughs> all right. Hey, guys. I'm Curtis. Um, I graduated from UT in December, a few months early. Um, and I code for a living now. So this is like meeting the president outfit kind of attire. So hope you appreciate that. Um, but yeah, I spent three years um, at RUF, and it's been a huge blessing to me. It's been a huge blessing to me. Um, I really appreciated the teaching from Jordan and before him, John Trapp. Um, I've appreciated the community and all of you, especially those who've been here since I got here. Um, and it's just been a really nice place to come on Wednesday nights, and I feel really restored after I leave, which is what Jordan always says. Um, one thing I did not expect to love when I got here was the music. Um, I'm from a very, you know, formal Baptist background, and I was like, I don't know what these Presbyterians are up to, but <laughs> I've come to really love it. We sing wonderful hymns um, every week, <laughs> and um, I think, to me, they seem, you know, new and contemporary, but I think to many people, they seem, like, maybe old and super formal. But they've been a huge blessing to me, and I wanted to talk about why. Um, and really why we sing what we do. So the first reason is just because we like to sing. 
God made music. He commends it throughout the Bible. You may remember that John Trapp used to end RUF saying that God would rejoice over his people with loud singing. Um, and if God created the world by speaking, I can't imagine what his singing is like. Um, so I wanted to encourage you, those of you that may feel like you know music isn't spiritual enough and you really ought to be you know praying more or something that God made it and so you ought to enjoy it. Um, but also that it feels like a really small and inconsequential thing that actually matters a lot. And, but part of also the reason we can enjoy the music so much is because we have such a great music team, which I really appreciated. So you ladies have beautiful voices and the instruments are always great too. Um, and you do too, Nicholas. <laughs> um, another reason we sing these hymns is that they help us reflect on God's work for us um, and his word. So it's a little bit like how in a love song, it'll talk about the first time two people met, or in a rap, it'll talk about like where, where you came from. Um, but unlike rap, we don't brag about ourselves, we brag about God. Um, but when we sing, we're able to reflect on him and appreciate him more. And one of the great things about music is that it's so memorable, and so we can carry it throughout the week and think about it. And the Psalms actually compare it to meditation, or they call it meditation, and compare it to watering a tree. So um, it ought to keep us really healthy. It's another reason to sing. Um, and finally, it's a response to God. Singing is actually a way of praying. Um, so when we've thought about what he's done for us, we can speak back to him in thanks um, or whatever else we're feeling. I want to encourage you that if prayer feels like a really difficult thing, maybe you hear Jordan pray these like really beautiful, elegant prayers, and you're like, I couldn't do that. Um, you actually know many, many really wonderful prayers in the songs we sing. Um, and likewise, if prayer is just something you do kind of flippantly, um, which I'm prone to do sometimes, you know, just give God his two minutes in the morning. Think about how deep and rich the lyrics of these songs are, and let that challenge you to take prayer really seriously as well. Um, I want to illustrate that point with a verse from one of my favorite songs we sing, which is Abide With Me. It says, and the language is a little bit, you know, older, but thou just means you. <laughs> okay, thou on my head in early youth did smile, and while rebellious and perverse meanwhile, Thou hast not left me, though I oft left thee. Unto the close, Lord, abide with me. So we reflect on God's presence in our lives in meditation. We praise God for his faithfulness. We thank him for being with us our whole lives. Um, we confess our unfaithfulness to him, and we ask that he would stay with us. So we have these hymns from the Bible and the Psalms in our hymnals, and we have songs uh, for every season of life. So when you're mourning something, um, when you're thankful to God, um, there's a song for all of it. I wrote, there's even songs for people like me that worry all the time. Uh, some of my favorites are Abide With Me, In Christ Alone, and To Christ the Lord, which are all ones we sing here. Um, so if you follow Jesus, all these songs are for you. It's really wonderful. There's so many good promises in them. Um, but if you don't know Jesus, they can be for you. And you just need to turn to God in repentance um, and acknowledge your sin and trust him. And these can be your songs as well. I wanted to close with a verse from Revelation. Like Walt, you stole my thunder. Um, it says, and it's talking about the church in heaven. 
And I heard a voice from heaven, like the roar of many waters, and like the sound of loud thunder. The voice I heard was like the sound of harpists playing on their harps. And they were singing a new song before the throne and before the four living creatures and before the elders. And so, brothers and sisters, we look forward to singing with you in heaven. Um, the first time I ever cried with a student, it was not tears of sadness and grief, it was tears of laughter. And that was with Mary Claire's eyes. Come on, I'm Mary Claire. Um, <laughs> can I tell very briefly? It was the story about the day she got her tattoo, and it is amazing. <laughs> um, so, Mary Claire is hilarious. She's so fun to be around. Uh, she's been such a light in RUF these last couple of years. We had a great time in Italy as well. I'm um, just very grateful for you and all you've done for RUF. What's going on? Um, yeah, I'll get to the tattoo in a bit. Um, so, I'm Mary Claire. I'm a senior, obviously, so I'm talking. But, uh, <laughs> So I'm going to start um, by talking about kind of like freshman year and how I ended up here because if you had told me my freshman year that I would be um, speaking at senior night, I'd be like, you're literally so wrong. That's not true at all. And um, I genuinely liked RUF freshman year because it meant that like Hardin House would be empty because everyone would be at RUF. And... <laughs> I would get to just kind of have my me time and it just cleared out, cleared out the dorms. So that was, I never went freshman year, but that was why I really liked RUF freshman year. So um, kind of like senior year of high school, freshman year of college, sophomore year of college. Um, that time of Mary Claire was kind of like living for the party life, sorority girl, um, just really living for myself and what I thought would make me happy. And um, I just really thought that like if I could just make my own rules and stay out as late as I wanted and um, this and that, then that would make me happy. Um, and I'm so wrong. But anyways, um, fast forward to my junior year of college. Now you're going to hear the other side of the story. But um, flash forward to my junior year of college, that is when I came to know the Lord. Um, and I was actually sitting on the like awning of Pi Phi. Out, it's like on a roof. And I was laying there and it was in fact as dramatic as it sounds. And I was laying there and like crying and the Lord just like revealed himself to me and pretty much showed me and just changed my heart and my mind um, to recognize that all these things, going out, the right friend group, the right story, this and that, all these things I had been chasing and seeking ultimate happiness and ultimate fulfillment from left me more anxious and unhappy and depressed than I'd ever been in my whole life. Um, and he really just revealed his goodness and his love for me. Um, and not point forward, we've gotten here. But after that, I crawled back into my sweetmate's room and um, I told my sweetmate, I was like, you know, I just became Christian and I'm gonna go get a tattoo, so I remember it. And <laughs> she was like, she like looked at me and it was like this mix of like, I don't know if I'm supposed to say like congratulations or like call 911, I'm not really sure. <laughs> Uh, and she looked at me and she was like, what about like a nice cross necklace? <laughs> and 
I was like, okay, yeah, yeah, whatever. And then I went and got the tattoo anyways. But that's beside the point. Um, so went and did that. And then um, a little, maybe a little bit after that, it's all kind of a blur. But at some point, I texted Mary Henley because I had her number from something. I think like the RUF baby at the Snelling's house. And texted her, had some texts from her that I didn't respond to over the years, which is, was really mean, and I'm sorry for that. <laughs> um, so texted her, it was like, hey, I'm Mary Claire, whatever, do you want to get coffee? Um, and she was all for it, and we met over Zoom because both of our like, roommates had COVID. It was like right in the midst of all of that. And just getting to like share what the Lord had done in my life um, with her and someone who was really a stranger um, and just like the joy and excitement that she had for me um, and just how willing she was to answer any questions. Because I really was like, okay, I think I'm a Christian. Yeah, I'm Christian. But like, what does this mean? Um, Where am I supposed to go from here? Like, do I need to put a Bible verse in my Instagram bio? I don't know. (laughs) Like, (laughs) all the things, you know? So, um, pretty much just, like, talked with her and just seeing how, like, open and loving she was was just, like, a true reflection of, like, RUF as a whole. Uh, And from that point forward, I really found RUF to be a place where I could come with questions. I wasn't embarrassed to be like, hey, I actually, this story that everyone claims to pretend that, like, everyone knows, I have no idea what they're talking about. Like, can you tell me about it? Or, like, um, you know, just asking questions and learning about the gospel and just growing in your faith. I just realized it was such a free space to do that. Um, and also just a place to walk into and truly feel the love of Christ through those around you, through the staff, through other students. Um, so it's really been such a wonderful place for me. Um, so if you're in college and whatnot, I would really advise you to just like see what's around you and what the Lord has to offer in these places because um, you never know it's right there um, so to wrap it up uh, pretty much I just wanted to say that like don't think that the plan you have for yourself is the ultimate plan and the end all be all because I'm telling you right now my life looks nothing like I thought it would, would six months ago six months before that etc etc and um these things that you think are ultimately going to fulfill you and are ultimately going to be your salvation on this earth or not. Um, and truly the only one that can do that for you is Jesus. Um, so here's a quote that is by Elizabeth Elliot that I will give Miriam credit for for sharing with me. But it says that the truth is that none of us knows the will of God for his life. I say for this life. For the promise is that is as thou go, goest step by step, I will open up the way before thee. He gives enough light for today, enough strength for one day at a time, enough enough manna, our daily bread. That's all. Thank you, Nate Claire. Um, Next is Nate Fredericks. Come on up, Nate. Uh, First time I met Nate, we also sat down in Texas French Bread about three years ago. I was working for All Saints at the time, and running this All Saints Fellows program, and I was, so I was interviewing Nate for a spot in the program, and I remember offering you a spot right then and there. Like, did, didn't no second interview, just immediately, like, connected with you and loved you. Um, and Nate has been a huge part of RUF for four years. Um, 
maybe a face guy, we might say. Um, always up here up front doing announcements, and we love Nate, so come on up. Thank you, Jordan. Um, first of all, to all the other seniors that are here tonight, um, I'm only kind of realizing all the memories we've kind of made together over the last four years. So thanks for kind of doing this whole like college REF ride together. Like I'm saying, like Curtis and Cole and all these people that like, I've kind of known through RUF. It's super cool to kind of look out and see y'all. So um, thanks for being a part of that. Um, I was thinking this week about the first senior night that I saw when I was a freshman. It was here in the women's fed. I was like sitting right back there. Honestly, right where Walt is sitting, which is kind of funny. But it was, it was literally right over there. Um, and I remember hearing some of the seniors talking about how college kind of sucked for them. And it was honestly so healing because I think as a freshman, um, I came in with a lot of expectations about what college would be like. Um, and it didn't really live up in a lot of ways. And college is definitely the best four years of your life. I believe that. and I've lived that. But there are also a lot of things that can really be hard. And so I just wanted to kind of talk about some of the things that I've really like kind of been hit by in college and how God has met me through that, especially through RUF. So when I came to college, coming out of high school, I went to a really tiny little private high school. My graduating class was 16. So I was like a total high school hero. Like I thought I was the man. And then I got to college and you're with just a million other people and no one really cared about me. Um, and so I just immediately felt so alone. And I just remember being around so many people that like I knew and just feeling so unknown and not necessarily unloved, but just no one knew what I was dealing with. No one knew the problems and struggles of my life. Um, and for like almost all of freshman year, I just felt so lonely. Um, and that was awful. But the, one of the cool things that I saw is that when no one else like really knew me super well, um, RUF was always constant and God was constant through that. Um, the people like this staff, I guess not all of y'all been here for four years. Mary Hanley has. Mary Hanley's put up with me for four years. Um, like the people in RUF, the other seniors, I mean, everyone just kind of like kept showing up in my life. And God just used the people in RUF to really minister to me in that loneliness um, and the anxieties that come through college. Um, and so I would encourage you guys, lean into that. Lean into RUF as a place where you can find, um, find Christian community and find people that care about you. Um, because that's just so vital. And it's been absolutely like a life source for me over the last few years. Um, the other thing, and Mary Claire, honestly, everyone kind of talked about it tonight. College, um, it almost never lives up to exactly what you think it's going to be. Um, college, you're going to face disappointments, and I'm sure so many of you have already felt that. Um, but I would just encourage you to live life with an open hand. I remember I was getting um, like coffee with John Trapp, the old RUF campus minister, a few years ago. Um, and he was like, Nate it really feels like you're holding things with a really tight fist. Um, and he was right. And a lot of the times it took God taking things away from me to kind of realize how I wasn't, I wasn't dependent on him. I was dependent on my own strength. Um, and so over the last year, um, or I guess the last four years, I was a very like, 
very stereotypical biology major, super gunner. Honestly, probably pretty annoying to a lot of other people. Um, and then I applied to med school and got like rejection after rejection. And I just didn't get in. Um, and that was so hard for me because it was like the one thing that like I had set my sights on. And it took God kind of saying, not yet, um, I have a plan for you. Um, and really ministering to me through RUF for me to really realize that and trust him in a new way. So God weeps with you um, in your loneliness, in your rejections, in the plans that you have um, that God leads you away from. And God is always perfectly good for you, good to you. His plan is always perfectly good and it's never gonna be anything less than that. So lean into that. Lean into the people around you um, and trust God because he's always on your team. That's it. Thanks, Nate. Uh, last but not least, Chris Wall. Chris, come on up. Uh, Chris is from the D.C. area, and I remember sitting down with you a few years ago at Cabo Bob's, the first time I met you, and you immediately struck me as like, I'm like, is Chris like 40? Like, he's just a really <laughs> mature guy. Um, and the thing I appreciate about you this year is you just show up to things. Like, you just showed up to fall conference, you show up to winter conference, you show up to prayer meetings, you just show up in your really constant presence. So, really grateful for you, Chris. Thanks, Jordan. Yeah, so uh, for those who don't know me, my name's Chris Wall. I grew up in D.C. I actually went to uh, the same middle school and for part of it, elementary school with Curtis. Uh, I came to Texas to study business. Uh, when I graduate, I'm actually going back to D.C. to uh, do a nine-month fellows program while I'll be mentoring middle schoolers and uh, doing investment management at the same time. So I've been with RUF honestly on and off over the last few years. It hasn't always been constant. Uh, but the time I was definitely most involved was my sophomore year, and it was a special, a very, very special year in terms of RUF for me. And that's kind of what I want to zero in on tonight. I didn't find RUF right away. Uh, prior to joining RUF, I found a Christian, I hadn't found a Christian group yet. Uh, my freshman year, I was a dry pledge at Kappa Sigma. Uh, for those who don't know, a dry pledge is someone who doesn't drink during the entire pledgeship. And I had a bit of a hero complex, honestly. Um, pretty much the whole time, I would be the guy that took care of my pledge brothers. Uh, after parties, people would get really drunk. And uh, oftentimes, like, they would confess to me and kind of break down when they were drunk. I had one example, a person that will remain nameless, where he broke down, said he had a dream about God and that he needed me to take him to church. And that, that blew my mind and I felt like I was making an impact. Four weeks went by and it just fizzled. I tried and tried to get him to go, uh, but I couldn't get him to go. And I thought I could just evangelize and be this rock for all of these people at once in my pledge class. Like I thought that I could be this perfect spiritual shepherd for them. Uh, but I lost sight of like having a shepherd for myself. So over time, I just kind of, I mean, as you can guess, I pretty much burnt out from that. It was way too much for me to handle. Uh, yeah, even today, there are some friends at KSIG that I love dearly, but that was just a terrible situation where I didn't have balance. Fast forward to uh, sophomore year, two things happened. Uh, the first thing is my high school sweetheart of two years moved to Texas and actually followed me. 
and she immediately started to drift away from Christianity. And it drove a wedge between us, even though I was still with her, and it was really, really hard for me to be a Christian. The second thing that happened, though, was that I joined RUF. And uh, I don't know if Andrew Davidson is here or not, uh, but he was a huge, huge figure for me because he just brought me into RUF. Uh, He showed me Christian fellowship again when I just had really lost sight of that. Looking back, uh, those moments sophomore year were the only thing that kept me with Christ. I, uh, at the time, I thought, like so, looking back sophomore year, I definitely thought to myself, there's no way I would give up on Christ. But that's not really true. Like looking back, there's no way that I think I would have been with Christ if it weren't for those small moments in RUF. And uh, I think my big takeaway is just how grateful I am to RUF as a whole, especially shout out to Andrew Davidson for introducing me to RUF and just having a community uh, to have faith as part of my life. And uh, I'm just looking back and realizing how much of a difference it made for me. So yeah, it's just thank you so much. Thanks, guys. Um, before we come up, uh, Nicholas comes back when we sing one more song. I just want to say a prayer over our seniors to send you out. Um, and I want to pray over you my favorite passage in the Bible. And it's from the book of Song of Solomon, chapter 2. And um, the kind of heading for this passage is, The Bride Adores Her Beloved. And, I mean, uh, Walt kind of mentioned this, right, uh, that, that God, or Christ, is our bridegroom who comes to earth in search of his bride. And that imagery is just all over the Bible. And if you've been around RUF, you know that, like, we're really into that imagery. And that imagery is here in the Song of Songs. And so these are Christ's words. These are the words of the bridegroom that he speaks over you in love. The voice of my beloved, behold, he comes. Leaping over the mountains, bounding over the hills. My beloved is like a gazelle or a young stag. Behold, there he stands behind our wall, gazing through the windows and looking through the lattice. My beloved speaks and says to me, Arise, my love, my beautiful one, and come away. For behold, the winter is past, the rain is over and gone, the flowers appear on the earth, and the time of singing has come, and the voice of the turtle dove is heard in our land. The fig tree ripens its figs, and the vines are in blossom. They give forth fragrance. Arise, my love, my beautiful one, and come away. Um, Father, we thank you that these are the words that Christ our lover speaks over us, and particularly tonight over our seniors. Lord, we thank you for all the ways they have shown me and this campus your love over these last four years. Father, uh, we look out and it is springtime and we thank you for the ways that you have been with them in their winters of college and really turned winter into spring for them. Um, Lord, there was never a season, whether it was a lonely season, a season of grief, a season of pain, a season of sin, there was never a season that you were not with them. And that is going to be true also for the rest of their life. Father, um, we look forward in great hope to the day that we will be with our seniors again in heaven and they will speak 
words of testimony to us, not only of the ways you were at work in their life for their four years at UT, but for the ways you were at work in their 45 and 50 and 55 years after UT. So Lord, we give you great thanks for our seniors, and we pray that you would send them out in hope and peace. In your son's name, amen.